Ever wonder who the founder of Hinduism was? Or when Jesus was really born? In each episode of this weekly series, Pathios will answer common questions from across the spectrum of major religions. It's our hope that we both broaden your knowledge and spur you on to keep digging, to keep asking questions, and to foster a greater sense of curiosity about the world's beliefs. Welcome to Answers by Pathios. To those who don't belong to a faith tradition, and also to many who do, religious dietary restrictions can seem puzzling and random. But the truth is, when we start to look at their historical, cultural, and theological foundations, these confusing rules start to make more sense. Additionally, it turns out that many of these restrictions are now supported by modern science. For example, most nutritionists today agree that the practice of eating less, cutting down on meat, and avoiding sugar and alcohol have significant health benefits. Today, we're going to take a look at some of those foundations by answering three questions from three different faith traditions. So let's start out with a look at why Muslims, like Jews, are instructed not to eat pork. Why can't Muslims eat pork? Dietary restrictions, or food taboos, are common in the various religions of the world. For example, Hindus don't eat beef, Jews don't eat shellfish, Seventh-day Adventists are typically vegetarians, and Latter-day Saints don't drink alcohol. Islam is no different. Allah has given Muslims their own dietary restrictions. Among other things, Islam forbids its practitioners from consuming pork. On four separate occasions in Islamic scripture, Muslims are commanded to not partake of the flesh of swine, which is considered haram or forbidden. For example, the Quran states, O ye who believe, eat of the good things that we have provided for you, and be grateful to Allah. He hath only forbidden you from eating carrion, or the flesh of dead animals, and blood, and the flesh of swine, and that on which any other name hath been invoked besides that of Allah. As a consequence of passages such as this, Muslims do not consume pork, the sole exception being if a person is forced by necessity because he or she is starving and has no other food to eat. While the primary reason Muslims do not partake of pork is that Allah commanded them to abstain from it, there are other secondary reasons commonly cited for the prohibition. For example, God also forbade the Jews from partaking of swine flesh, suggesting the eternal nature of this law. Additionally, in Islam, pigs are seen as filthy animals, and their consumption is believed to adversely affect the partaker. Finally, pigs are often a source of diseases, like trichinosis. Ultimately, the Islamic abstention from pork shows their devotion to their religion, and sets them apart as a people who love God more than they love the pleasures offered through the consumption of popular foods. So bacon is out as a breakfast food for many Jews and Muslims. Similarly, another breakfast staple, coffee, is frowned upon by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Let's find out why as well as dive into the dietary practices that have actually resulted in LDS church members living longer lives than the average American. 
Why Can't Mormons Drink Coffee? Faithful members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as Mormons, have a dietary code they follow. This code is known as the Word of Wisdom and was given by revelation to the Church's founding prophet, Joseph Smith. The Apostle Paul explained, Do you not know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles God's temple, God will destroy whoever does so. For God's temple is holy, which temple you are. In the spirit of Paul's words, Latter-day Saint Christians seek to treat their bodies as holy and as a gift from God. As a consequence, they avoid partaking of substances which might be harmful or addictive in any way. Thus, they don't partake of alcohol or recreational drugs. They traditionally avoid addictive drinks like coffee and tea, which often have a very high caffeine content. They're also counseled to limit their intake of meat and to consume a healthy diet, rich in fruits, vegetables, and wholesome grains. While focus on the health of the physical body has resulted in Latter-day Saints living on average about seven years longer than the typical American, one of the primary reasons for this dietary code is the belief that those who treat their bodies as temples will be more receptive to the subtle spiritual promptings of God's Holy Spirit, something they see as paramount in living a Christian life. Thus, Latter-day Saints avoid substances like coffee because they can act as stimulants, which can make it hard to enjoy the spiritual sensitivity necessary to feel and recognize the still small voice of God's Holy Spirit. Finally, let's explore the dietary rules that most people have heard about but that few outside of the Jewish faith understand. Let's learn a bit about what makes something kosher. What makes something kosher? The word kosher means fit. That which is declared kosher is considered fit for a practicing Jew to partake of. To qualify as kosher, Mammals must have split hooves and chew their cud. Fish must have fins and scales, and fowls must not be scavenger birds. In addition, each must be slaughtered in a prescribed manner. It's also not kosher to eat dairy and meat together. Parava foods, like fruits, vegetables, grains, or sugar, are considered inherently kosher and can be eaten with meat or dairy. Kosher certification agencies grant heksher, or a prior approval, to foods as well as facilities in which foods are prepared or served. Each of these agencies has a rabbi who determines the standards to which facilities must be held, and representatives from the agencies make occasional visits to sites which prepare or serve kosher foods to ensure their ongoing compliance to those standards. If in compliance, the food manufacturer may then place the agency's symbol for kosher on their products. Contrary to popular opinion, kosher foods don't have to be blessed by a rabbi, only certified by an authorized agency overseen by a certifying rabbi. In addition to food, things can also be non-kosher. 
For example, utensils used to cook non-kosher foods cannot then be used with kosher foods. A tallit or prayer shawl that has rounded corners or is made of certain synthetic materials would be non-kosher. A Torah scroll or mezuzah scroll that has damaged letters or mistakes in writing would also be non-kosher. Living kosher evidences one's acceptance of God's wisdom and revealed laws, even when the reason behind those laws is not necessarily known. Thank you for listening to this episode of Answers. To learn more about the world's religions, please visit patheos.com today. This has been a production of the Patheos Podcast Network. If you're enjoying this series, consider checking out one of our other podcast offerings from Patheos, like Why I Stay. I want to know more about how it, there's nowhere else to appeal. You know, the, the, the best pastors and preachers have failed you. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go? How are you where you are now where you're still talking about Jesus? Well, I had to run, you know, and I ran from the idea of God and altogether. And, you know, that's a mixture of hurt, pain, and then also like, well, shoot, if there's no God, then there's no rules. So I'm going to do what I want to do. And that type of wild Mustang lifestyle is mm-hmm. always, it just comes with its own consequences. In each episode, creator and host John Osborne interviews a known voice from the American evangelical landscape about why they've decided to stay Christian despite the judgment and betrayal they've experienced along the way. Guests include hip-hop artist Lecrae, Pastor Brian Zond, musician Jennifer Knapp, and many more. You can find Why I Stay and our entire podcast catalog on patheos.com or on your favorite podcast app. Check the show notes for helpful links and more information. 